Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, the party returns to the tunnels under the Bloody Fist to deal with the portal they had discovered. Once that is complete, there are passages deeper in the complex that still need to be explored. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Obo Crazy, And I am drinking the last of the Baileys and milk because my husband has been drinking a lot of hot chocolate. And so I've kind of had that. I want a hot chocolate feel. But we had a tiny little bit of Baileys, just just enough, just enough for like one nice cup of Baileys. So yum. And it makes me happy. Bernie, what are you drinking? I'm Egan. Okay. Jonathan, <laughs> what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Medjimuscular. Tonight, I am finishing off the two mini bottles of Sutter oh Home that I got. The Sutter Home <laughs> Cabaret Sauvignon. No, no, I'm not This is the classiest doubting, thing ever. I am not doubting yes. them like last time. You're uh, the classiest very, person I know. I am very tempted to do so, but... They are the perfect accompaniment to my shot of fireball, which this week is dedicated to uh, a couple of our friends that we saw at uh, PAX Unplugged this weekend. Uh, one, Connor McRae, and one, I'm not sure if she wants her real name said on the air, so we'll just call her Shadow's Flame. Yes! And they are two old, old friends that uh, played their first games of D&D this weekend. So it was super fun. Uh, one of them was just a game we played in our condo. And then another one was a uh, special session that we played at the convention. Uh, both were super fun and and lots of laughs and stuff were had. So uh, Connor and Shadows, this one is for you. They are both excellent people. And we're now in Shadows and I now have our own goth warlock club that you can join. As long as you feel a little goth in your soul and play a warlock. I always associated with goths, but I was always too lazy to dress up. I love that. That's all right. Now you can just D&D play and then you don't have to do the dressing up part. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. The Viceroy's choice this evening is Kona Brewing Company's Magic Sands Mango. I'm not sure if I'm saying this word right. Saison? Saison? It's a Saison. Saison. It's a Saison, yeah. There we go, like the artist. You're good. Um, I'm enjoying it. It's actually uh, hoppy, but not too hoppy. It's uh, it's good more for summer, even though it's like we're on the brink of winter. It it reminds me of, of warmer times. Aw. And mango always makes me happy, so I hope that makes you happy. Bernie, what are you drinking? Okay, I'm I'm no longer eating, so that that's good. <laughs> uh, I am drinking another uh, bad bitch, which is the last of our dark rum, ginger ale, and a, a cranberry cider, which is really good. And I'm eating food that Stephen made for me because he's the sweetest boyfriend in the world, and he takes such good care of me. And he made me pork stir fry, and it's amazing. And you guys should go check out all the other food he makes since he's not making it for you, but you can go look at it on his Instagram. <laughs> it's a pretty, I love the Dunkle Food hashtag. It's one of my favorite favorites. It's great. It's all he posts is his food, and then his relatives get mad. 
they're like, I follow you on Instagram. You never make me anything. And I'm like, oh, shit. Damn. Damn. <laughs> they also live like in Toronto. So it's fine. They're like, oh, want some dunkle food. <laughs> well, take a dunkle drive mm-hmm. to our dunkle house and pay for our dunkle uh, stuff. And then you can have dunkle food. Mm-hmm. Too many dunkles. <laughs> All, all the, the dunkles. dunkles. There are so many dunkles. It will be ultimate <laughs> dunkle food. That would be dunkle squared. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh, well, since I'm originally from Philadelphia, I'm actually home visiting my family for uh, Thanksgiving. Because our eagles are nine and one, I'm drinking out of an eagle's tumbler. And because I'm an adult, I have chocolate milk in this eagle's tumbler. Nice. Fly, eagles, fly. Is that the thing? It's Wawa chocolate milk, which makes it even better. Ooh. Oh, Wawa. Exactly. Oh, and there goes the last of my Baileys. <laughs> I was cheersing to your hot chocolate, and now all the Baileys. Oh, it's not hot chocolate. It's cold chocolate milk. It's Mm -hmm. chocolate milk because I'm an adult. I love chocolate milk. That is also good. Hey, listen. The joy of being an adult is you can eat and drink whatever you want. Exactly. And the only person who who is going to tell you otherwise that you shouldn't have done that is you later on. (laughs) All right. Speaking of uh, doing things you might regret later on, you guys are headed back into the tunnels (laughs) under the bloody fist. Not to be, you know, evil or anything. You do have a friend with you, Rifon Press, who Jonathan knows is the Waterdeep City Watch liaison to the Amethyst Acropolis. He has joined you and you guys are headed back down into the semi-familiar tunnels at this point, intent on bringing him to where the well was that you guys found a portal to possibly several places. As you guys are descending the ladder in the bloody fist, uh, Brun Millie has let you guys back on in. And is there anything you would like to do as you head on down? Is there anything you'd like to do differently? Or are you just going to head back to where you came? Um. Uh, 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 it's like that. It's like with that, that basket of. Oh, goose things <laughs> where like the guy squeezes one, it's like, oh, the and then like he presses them all down, like, <laughs> oh, this is gonna be such a joy to edit later. Yep. <laughs> I'm, so I'm curious how much of this mess is gonna make it into the final episode, if anything. All of it, yay! Oh, all my god, depends on how drunk we all get. Um, what I think we That's should true. just be, I think we go back where we came from because. It we is know the way. Expedient that we plug this hole. Right. And that's our mission. I mean, I know there's other like caches and stuff, and that's very interesting. But yeah, the, the whole reason why this guy is with us is because to plug the hole. So I say we plug the hole, then go get our cash. Yeah. We are duly deputized agents of the law. And it, it, it behooves us to be expedient in the name of the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh nice reasons like that, not any personal reasons at all. No, no, no reason. None. Bernie just likes the idea of being a magical butt plug. Bernie, are you leaving Coco Snoot behind as you did last time? Yeah, Coco Snoot has fun hanging out with Bren Millie, which is apparently two names and not one. Yes, it is a first and a last name, Bren Millie. I thought oh, it was like I did not Bren know that. I thought it was just Bren Millie. Press. Like Bren Millie went Bren to bed. Millie. So Bren Millie, Bren Millie is... Can you describe Bren Millie to me? Because there's a picture I had in my head, and it's probably not at all what you meant. Well, he is a dwarf. Well, that he changes is... everything right there. <laughs> well, I knew that much. I thought Bren Millie, I knew she was a dwarf when nope, her name he was is Bren a Millie. Yeah, he is a dwarf. He is the guy who owns the Bloody Fist. Uh, every time you've seen him, he has been in 
basic leatherworking clothes for uh, an armorer. So a little dirty and disheveled, but in the way of he's been hard at work all day, and not that he's normally a disheveled gentleman, but he is, he's been happy to see you and let you guys into his basement over and over again. And it was more than happy to stay and uh, up top and once again, hang out with your dog and just asks as you guys enter the tunnels, make make a lot of noise again when you're coming back up, just so that I know it's you and, and not some zombie, okay? Can I roll to see if Brun knew that I thought I didn't know who... Never mind. I was going to roll inside check to see if Brun could tell that Bernie thought his name was Brun Millie the whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, his name is Brun Millie. It's just you needed to add a comma. That was all. It's the beards. As Gimli all once said, it's the beards. All dwarves have beards. Yep. All right. You guys are headed on down. You you all know the passages to take to get back to the room that has the well. So instead of asking you do you want to turn right or left or do you want to go north or south or any of those? I'm going to ask a couple of questions and you guys can decide on those answers and you can change those as we go forward. But I'm going to ask one, are you just heading straight back to the well? Two, are you trying to be sneaky or are you good getting there expediently? And three, is there anything you want to tell Rifon Press along the way? Um. Yes, yes, I really like your coat. Thank you. <laughs> It is it is the official coat of the city watch and it's it's one of those long like duster coats. I know, it looks the, totally ooh. badass. Yeah, yeah. He well they they gotta be outside a lot and it gets cold in Waterdeep, especially this time of year, and he tells you all of this and he's just like, Yeah, they they take good care of us. It's it's impressive and it helps when we've got the long watches at night. Bernie wants to know, is Jonathan gonna get a coat like that? Because he's That's technically exactly doing what I was service with the city watch. Also, do you have one that fits his arms? We do have that fit all manner of body sizes and styles. We have plenty of people who join the City Watch who are of various races, sexes. They have multiple arms, legs. We, we Wait. don't discriminate. You have people in your City Watch with more than two arms? Yes. Not Can many. Can I meet them? Are they a spider? We could always ask. No, we haven't had any spiders yet. Most of the most of those tend to hang out down with the drow and they're not very lawful. So we haven't found any that are committed to the law and order of the city watch. But to answer your other question, sadly, no, uh, Jonathan, once you do this with us, this is your fulfilling an obligation to are two organizations, but it does not actually make you a member of the City Watch. Now, if ah, you were okay. interested in joining the City Watch officially, that's a whole other process. And we do have a, a few people who are members of both the uh, Watchful Order and of the the City Watch. That's a lot and of then watching. You would get a duster. It it is, but some people like to watch. Can you just tell me where who supplies your dusters? Some people like to watch. <laughs> he says that with a totally straight face, and as you as you exclaim this, he's already moved on to answer Carlton's question, and without an insight check, you can tell he has no idea what he just said. Like, the context. Uh, the answer to Carlton's question, I I don't actually know, but I could I could find out for you. I'm sure there's a tailor. It's a cool coat, and I think we all want some cool coats. 
Mm-hmm. It is a cool coat. Actually, it's a warm coat. Can we get paid in cool coats? And gold, obviously, but cool coats as well? For this, I believe you're getting paid in Jonathan doing his thing for the Watchful <sighs> Order. Did, you, did we want to be quiet? I mean, you guys are coming up to the big, huge bronze doors that get you through yeah, into the actual underground yeah, complex. Yeah, we should be stealthy. Really cool so, flowchart question. Okay. You're going to pass. Would you like to pass with a trace or without a trace? <laughs> Ooh, without a trace, please. With a semblance. Is a semblance of a trace available? Because I don't want to lose this ranger again. With a again. trace, flowchart ends in death. I choose with a trace. No, wait. Without a trace. Without <laughs> a trace. Cake <laughs> or death. I, I cast pass without trace. And I think of stepping like just 30 feet past Jonathan so it wouldn't affect him. But then I think better of it. I'm like, all right. Yeah, him too. Yeah, you just cast it and everybody who stays within 30 feet gets the benefits of it. Okay, well, I failed that earlier insight check, so let's hope and I hope I can pass without a trace. <laughs> All right, you give your stealthy blessing, I guess we can call it, unto everybody, and you are back at the, the big bronze doors, and everybody go ahead and roll me stealth checks, and I will roll for Rifon, and unless um, one of you wants to make a different choice... I'll just say you're heading straight for where the, the well is. My uh, stealth is 29. The 29, Bernie? I got a 17. That's with pass, without trace. Yeah, give me the number with pass, without the trace. Jonathan and Bucks? Jonathan and Bucks uh, need to get into roll 20 because he is an idiot and hadn't done that yet. All right, they got ones. <laughs> and Travancore? No! no. Uh, 28 for the Viceroy of Glenmar and a 15 for his bear. So it's a good thing I pass cast without, pass without trace. Oh, no. Oh, no. He actually oh, rolled a no. one. <laughs> Jonathan hmm. the Magimuscular, upon rolling a, a one, gets a three, so that's a 13. Uh, Bucks, on the other hand, gets a 30. Okay. And Rifon gets a uh, 25. So pretty much everyone is doing pretty well, except for Jonathan, who can't keep, who can't help that he keeps asking Rifon about his coat. And so basically you guys go about 20, 30 feet. You head into the, you go past the main doors, which Carlton is able to open fairly quietly into the, the first room that had the, the bridge going across the chasm, and you guys head north through the winding hallways. And meanwhile, Jonathan is like, so, so about this coat. And Rifon's like, shh. And you head into the room that had the traps and down the hallway. And- I like to imagine that Jonathan's not actually that loud. It's just that he asks Rifon so much that Rifon <laughs> finally goes, fuck, man, it's just a coat. And <laughs> then he's like, oh, god damn it. And like that's, like, that's how Jonathan ruins ourselves. <laughs> I, I, to be fair, that's probably like Jonathan the Magic Muscular probably knows he needs to be quiet, but in this case, he is so enamored with awesome duster coat that he's just oh, that stitching. That stitching is it's so amazing. Do you I mean, touch him? Do you is, touch him? It's with a that stitch. I, can I can I feel that oh. stitch? Oh my god, that is an amazing stitch. Uh, <laughs> my friend has a custom where if she licks something, then it's hers. I, I think I'm going to. I think I might do this. I, hold on, just a second, and maybe that's when he snaps. <laughs> Was it? Well, Rifon, with his role, never actually makes very much noise. But Jonathan, when you you do mention the idea of licking his coat, he does draw his great sword and start to glare at you. And you Point dis- taken. distinctly get the feeling 
Don't touch the coat. I'm I'm not making a very good impression, and I'm I'm very sorry. I will move on and try to be more quiet. But I really like the that's, tailor. The name a- of the tailor would be just just outstanding. Bernie <laughs> uses just- part of her stealth to like come up behind Rifong because she's so tiny. She like picks up the edge of the duster and she looks like pointedly at Jonathan, and she sticks her tongue out to her. And she just puts it back. What was your st- wait? I I really like NPR Jonathan. <laughs> NPR Jonathan. What was your stealth check again? Can I do a specific stealth check for this no. action? No, I want it yours. Was a seventeen. Seventeen. What is Rifon's passive perception? Suck. 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 It is a Suck. sixteen. So he doesn't ah! notice. Ah! He's too busy glaring at Jonathan. Oh wait, that means I could also come up and lick it. <laughs> no, no, once it is licked, it is mine. All there right. are no double licks, no lickbacks. <laughs> you guys enter the room that had, well, it used to have the beds in there. You you kind of ransacked all the beds to bring them into the well room. And it's basically just kind of a, a chaos stuff all over the place room. You head through that and then you finally enter the hallway that's just outside the room that has the well. And you basically approach where there were those stairs that lead down into this small room. Rifon reaches into the duster that y'all were drooling over and pulls out the package that you had been given from... Shoot, not Joster. Ah, names. I've lost names. Rizzo? Rizzo. Uh, Raz- yeah. Razzo. Rizzo. Hand- Rizzo. Yeah, Razzo. Rizzo's a rat. Yeah, Rizzo's a Rizzo. rat. Rizzo, who was in, it was a very good production of Grease earlier this year at the Waterdeep Performing Arts <laughs> Center. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my notebook with me because I'm traveling, and so it's like, uh... Unfortunately, this is his brother, Razzo, who actually works at the Watchful Order. Anyway, he pulls out this sister package. Rizzo was in a very good production. <laughs> unwraps it, and as far as you can see, it seems to be a uh, hastily uh, dented metal sphere with a button on the top and no other identifying markings hastily by it, it's not a clean sphere it doesn't look shiny and new uh, it's got some dents in it you can obviously see the seam line where someone had uh welded two halves together so rifon says quietly to all of you this needs to be attached near where the portal is it will, once you press down on the button, attach to some hard surface. But I need someone to get this within 30 feet of the portal. And he kind of looks pointedly at Carlton with the longer arms, but... Bernie puts a finger on her nose and she's just like, Nose goes, man. Uh, Jonathan the Muscular also puts a finger on his nose, and Bucks puts a wing to his beak. Travancore, interestingly, just makes no motion. If, if he's the one chosen for this task, he will execute it. So here's the thing. Does Shadow put a paw Roshan on his Bo- nose? Sh- uh, Travancore? Well, well, hold on, hold on. Before we get into uh, possibly kicking each other in the nuts, uh, let's go ahead and... That it's the Neverwinter rules for Rochambeau. I don't know how they do in Waterdeep, but as far as Neverwinter, Rochambeau always ends with someone kicking one, the other guy in the nuts. Uh, anyway, I would like to point out this moment that Travancore is not Jack, and if anyone tries to kick Travancore in the nuts, it will be in combat. <laughs> it, wow. yeah. In any case, I Damn. have a way to where no one has to do any of that. I can just cast Spider Clam on whoever wants to go down there. I'll do it. 
All right. Yeah, I've been down that well. I don't want to go down. Detective Travancore Spider Gate. <laughs> yep. Oh, my God. Ding. I think we have an episode title. <laughs> yeah. Awesome duster coat. <laughs> Maybe some amalgamation of the two. Okay. Rifon hands you the sphere and says, just hold it where you want it. Press the button and it will go off within about 30 seconds. It won't hurt anybody, but it is a very powerful anti-magic effect. So if you are going to have this spider climb on you, you probably don't want to be at least in the well. All right. Uh, wait, Travacorp, oh, what's your speed? Oh, speed is yeah 30 feet. Fuck, I'm going down. Well, what uh, if I we leave put my a culprit? robe on Travancore because he, he, you... You are kind of a large ball of muscle, and I'm not saying that Travancore doesn't have muscles. I'm sure you have muscles, because I'm under the impression that the elvish body works like the gnomish body, which means the muscles hold the bones together. That's half Well, true. there might be... Let me interrupt for a second. <laughs> you might misunderstand uh, what's happening here. When he presses the button, he'll have 30 seconds to get yeah. away from oh, it. Oh, I missed that right. part. Before it's, it expels an anti-magic effect. I should be able to get out of I just and thought I'm we could put a rope him. around Travancore and I mean, pull him back up. And I love you very dearly, Carlton, but I can't lift you. I don't think I can lift Travancore, but I don't you think can. You need to. Thirty seconds should be more than enough time for me to get back up because, like, I think it's safety. I think just as safety, we tie a rope around you anyway, just in case something else happens. Like maybe the bomb isn't very well made and it goes off early. That way we're not completely reliant on the magic around the magic destroying device. The vice way of Glenmar assents to this hindrance. <laughs> All right. Should we hold on to the magical, your flare bow and your quiver up here? So in case it does go off early, it doesn't destroy them. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Oh, wow. yeah, that is a good point. From the mouth of Carl. Hmm. Savant. All right, that's Bernie a good point. Bernie pats Carlton on the knee. Uh, I, have a, I have a few. I have a few, few few nuggets in here. That was a chestnut, sir. Bravo. Travancore, bonus. Bonus, you can pretend that rope's coming out of your butt and that you're a real spider and you're making a web. I will take that under advisement. Oh, all right. dear. And how about <laughs> Shadow? Shadow, no. gonna follow you. Are, are you all following in? No. Are you just sending Travancore in? What's the... What's just the... Travancore. Yeah, yeah, I'll go in on my own. It's fine. Okay. I got spider right. powers now, so I'm, I should be okay. So you're giving Carlton your bow and your, your magic quiver. Yep. And we're tying a rope around Travancore's waist. And who's holding the other end of the rope? I uh, see Carlton and Jonathan. Bernie's useless in this well, situation. Also, not only will I hold it, I'll tie the other end around my waist while still holding it to pull him back up. Then your butts will be connected. Sure. I mean, sort of. <laughs> they, they're butt adjacent. They're both, they're both butt adjacent. Rifon nods at this. He looks into the room and looks around and says, is that is that the well right there? Oh, yeah, that's the one. All right. Okay. And he, uh, he's he got his greatsword out. He hands Travancore this, as I said, it's about a bowling ball sized sphere and says, I don't see anything in there, but certainly if if anything happens, we'll be we'll be ready to back you up. Okay, now a quick question about Spider Climb. Would it allow me to Peter Parker Spider-Man like all four wall crawl, or is it more of a vertical walking kind of situation? It can be either. Oh, cool. Good to know. Uh, well, to be specific, until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch gains the ability to move up, down, and across vertical surfaces and upside down along ceilings while leaving its hands free. 
The target also gains a climb speed equal to its walking speed. Oh, perfect. All right, so my climb speed's a 30 now. All right, that works. I'm, I'm doing All right. this. All right, here we go. So you're heading into the room? Yeah. Great. I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. Oh, okay. Wow. At disadvantage. All of us? Nope, just Travancore. Here we go. Ooh, eight. Okay. Uh, Travancore, you walk into the room and you immediately, so you get down the stairs and as you get to the bottom of the stairs, you feel something that you end up pressed up against and it's weird. It's, it's like you've hit a wall and then the wall moves a little bit and then it reaches out and engulfs you. Uh. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Here we go. The wall ate Travancore? Not the wall. Roger Waters and David Gilmore are right. Okay. All right. Carlton. 22. And Bernie. Eight. And uh, Coco Snoot is not part of this at the moment. Travancore. Seven. And Jonathan? Jonathan is an 18 and Bucks is a 14. Bucks is a 14. And Shadow? 22, but that's a natural 20. Nice. So, you step into the room, and it's like some kind of force field is there. And you start to push against it, and then as you go to draw away, it just reaches out and engulfs you. And as far as everybody sees, you just kind of seem to get pulled into the room by an invisible force. Shadow, who had been right behind you, stops as he notices something has gone wrong but he's not exactly sure what. And it is his turn. What would he like to do? Shadow's going to find out what went wrong. He's going to charge towards Travancore, like in that direction. Okay. I need Shadow to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, with disadvantage or just normal? Uh, I'm going to say normal because he's aware that something is wrong. 17. Okay. He stops just short of where this ooze-like substance is covering the entire entranceway to this room and stops before he can run into it like you have and be engulfed by it. And I'm guessing he has more sense than to try and track it or attack it lest he be engulfed too. So his perception check knows, oh, something's gone super wrong. All right, he's going to claw at it. Sure. And he's not going to do very well. That's a four. Sadly, no. He's being super careful because he doesn't quite know what it is, and he he misjudges how far away it is. It's kind of hard to see. It is it is transparent, whatever is in this thing. And as soon as he tries to kind of nimbly reach out for it and just scrape it with his claws, he doesn't quite get far enough. He whimpers for a little bit, but then steals himself for, for the next time around. All right. And Carlton. So I saw Travancore get pulled into this thing. Like, I have the rope around me and in my hands. So I'm just going to use my action to yank him back out. Okay. I need you to make a strength check. Unskilled? Uh, just a strength check. Yep. Okay. Uh, that is a 12. Okay. Uh, yeah, you feel Travancore kind of get pulled forward. You see Shadow stop before something that you, you haven't noticed yet, and you instinctively yank back. Uh, Travancore, you are going to take a little bit of damage, but then you are going to be pulled out of whatever this creature was. You're going to take 11 acid damage. Ooh. 
but then you're going to feel yourself get yanked <sighs> out of this thing, which is good because uh, for the moment that you were in there, for the, the barely uh, a few seconds before Carlton reacted, you couldn't breathe either. And it wasn't fun, but you get pulled out of this jelly-like substance still holding the ball. Uh, Carlton, is there anything else you'd like to do? Yeah, I say catch, and I throw him his quiver and bow. Thanks. I use my reaction to catch him, I guess. <laughs> I, I I trust you're able to do that without dexterity saving throws. Uh, and then bonus action. Uh, I'm going to say throwing him his stuff is your bonus action. Your action was Works to pull him out. Then. Bonus action was to throw him his stuff without having to do, like, rolls and shit. If you'd like to move. Uh, fine by me. Would you like to move? Uh, yeah, I'll move. I'll... I'll still stay, I'll have the rope still tied around me just in case I end up in this thing. I'll grab my halberd and I'll move in front of the party so that if anybody tries to, I don't know, say, pull us into a thing, it's going to be me. Okay, you can move in front of everybody except for Travancore and Shadow who are kind of on the edge of whatever this thing is. Right, because tank's going to tank. All right, you move up next to them, ready to attack. It is Bux's turn. All right, Bux is going to fly backwards and make sure anything doesn't come in behind us. I would love for him to roll a perception check. All right. Uh, 22. Excellent. It's a super good thing that Bucks did that. Uh, as he moves back and gets a little bit of perspective, now that he's taken a look, he can see kind of the, the weird undulating outline of this thing that has engulfed the room that Travancore got pulled out of, especially after Carlton pulls him out. There's this weird, like, almost watery, uh, ice-like shimmer. What he also notices are the the two oily black substances oozing out of the walls heading towards you. And by you, I mean where Jonathan, Bernie, and Rifon oh, currently fuck. are. Uh, as they seem to drop out of the ceiling and prepare to go after you, he notices them. Uh, Bucks immediately hoots and uh, turns away from them for safety. But immediately alert hoots, an audible hoot, and sends an image of what he just saw to Jonathan the Magimuscular. Okay. And I'm assuming you alert your friends. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. There's more. There's there's some black shit back there. Oh, <laughs> my God. That That's some that's some scary, scary shit. Oh, my God. Wait, what kind of black shit? Uh, when Jonathan alerts you, you can... You take a quick look, and the glance that you give, it looks like tar is seeping out of the ceiling and congealing on the ground about 15 to 20 feet away from you on both your right and your left. And uh, without a closer look, you don't exactly know what it is, but it is obviously more than just tar seeping out of the oh, ceiling. Oh no, it's Armis. He's killed Tashi Yar, and now he's after us. <laughs> is it Armis or is it the Sheliak coming after us? Because they, they were Riker is going to be kind so of the afraid. Same. Dana, it's got me. Dana, something's They're got the me. Same thing. And are these uh, medium sizes or are they larger's or what? Uh, you would have to take a closer look to know for sure, but they they are not small. But the one in front of me is definitely a lot larger. It's large enough to engulf a person, right? Oh well, it was large enough to engulf Travancore. Well, just with the minis, that's fine. Yeah, I don't know if it was also in front of me or just in front of him. Yeah, the room that you guys were going into, it had a couple stairs going down, and then the room itself, if you remember correctly, wasn't very large. It was maybe only about 40 by 40 feet with the well in the middle and the far wall uh, collapsed in on itself. 
now that you see this thing, and Bucks, especially with his perception check, it seems to have engulfed the entire room. Hmm. The black okay. bits of tar that are seeping out of the ceiling and creeping towards the rest of you, they seem to be a little bit smaller, but they're not small. And with that, Jonathan, what would you like to do? As as Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of takes in all this, he he yells out, Travicord, Carlton, Shadow, danger, close! And a fireball detonates right here. Basically, uh, against... The square in front... Yeah, in the square in front of Travancore. Sure. And that should get the ooze and both black uh, ooze thingies and all three of my compatriots. But you're going to sculpt around them. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, wh- Wait, when you... S- How murderous is Carlton looking at me at the moment? At the moment, he's murderously looking at a wall of jello. So... Okay, But when excellent. you say things right. like, it's going to hit my friends, it, it, it makes me ask the obvious question, which is, huh? Are you... Okay. So, dexterity saving throws yeah. for all of them? That is true. And uh, Connor and Shadows, here we go. The big wall of jello is going to fail. Oh. Oh, come on. Oh, are you fucking However, kidding me? However, what's your, what's the DC? Well, obviously the one that rolled a natural 20, which I will drink for. The, the 16 also passes. That is the DC. All right. So they'll take half damage. The big jello in front of you will take full. Go ahead and roll that damage. Roll that beautiful bean damage. Dead 20. Oh, wow. It wasn't even very good to begin with. Uh, that's going to be a 27. 27. And so half that would be... uh, Uh, 13. 13, thank you. Okay, it quivers, and you see little bits and pieces of it almost melt and fall off. The blast catches some of the black tar-like beings on either side of you, which, while they're not quick enough to get out of the way, they're still kind of falling from the ceiling. And so they're able to, in a weird kind of creepy way move out of the way and you do see them all quiver as they take this damage anything else okay excellent nope that is uh that's gonna be it for now jonathan the magimuscular actually actually would kind of like to move back so he'd kind of like to move right here behind bernie all right so you take five steps back into your right and get behind bernie it is now the wait why are you hiding behind me no reason. No, no reason Correct. whatsoever. Okay. I need uh, Shadow, Travancore, and Carlton to make dexterity saving throws from before. So what were those numbers again? 23 for Travancore, 9 for Shadow. Uh, and with my danger sense, danger sense advantage, I still rolled a 7. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's exciting. All right. The wall of shimmering ooze pushes forward. Travancore... Having now experienced being engulfed by this thing, you're a little more prepared than your companions, and you back away five feet. You basically get half push, half dodge out of the way. Uh, Unfortunately, both Shadow and Carlton are not quite as lucky and are engulfed. You think the flavor of that that jello cube is blue ice? Isn't it always something that's not an actual flavor? Uh, Gatorade has taught me anything. Blue is a flavor. Blue is most definitely a flavor. It is the best flavor. If I had to choose between like a blue Jolly Rancher or a green Jolly Rancher, I'd definitely choose the green, but the blue would (laughs) almost be up there. 
Really? You like Green Jolly Ranchers? I loved Green Jolly Ranchers. The way the tartness would just like get the back of your jaw. Just like, yeah. I was just, oh, fucking loved that. It was a wonderful sensation. I am not a fan of Jolly Ranchers whatsoever. Okay. That being said, I Shadow <laughs> and Carlton, as you guys are engulfed by this thing, you take 10 acid damage. Um, at, at the moment, you can't breathe, you're restrained, and you feel like this thing is trying to pull you deeper into it. And it's hard to see. It's, it's weird. It's kind of like being underwater. The two disgusting pudding things, one of them is going to come up to Rifon, the other one is going to go up to Bernie. What? No. I know, right. It hates you and it wants to eat you. Okay. And it's going to, it's basically both of them are going to form this black corrosive pseudopod and try to whack the two of you. Bernie. No, no, no. Uh, does a 16 hit you? A 16 hits and I would like to use my fire shield. Sure. Nice. Uh, go ahead and do that first. Okay, let me look on my notes for my fire shield. While you do that, I'm going to drink this healing potion, a.k.a. this small bottle of cheap-ass wine. <laughs> okay, while you do that, I'll take care of the hit on Rifon, 6, 7, 8, 9. Uh, that is not going to hit his armor. He is he is wearing some pretty nice armor, and it, it just kind of goes, ding, right off the armor. But you do hear a sizzling noise as it seems to leave this corrosive splat along his armor. And he immediately starts to try to wipe it off with his uh, really nice duster. Oh, great. Way to waste that, buddy. Ooh, means I can get it from him on the cheap. I do 1d6 damage with my fire shield. Okay, go ahead and... I think that just happens. You don't actually do an attack. Yeah. So go ahead and roll that fire damage. That's a one. All right. Nice. It, How much damage do I take from it? I'm about to roll that. So you are going to take... You're going to take six bludgeoning damage. Ow. Plus uh, 14 acid damage. Ow. And you hear your armor start to sizzle. And you oh. look down and it looks like the acid that when you got whacked by it, some of it hit you along the armor. And um, the acid seems to be starting to eat through your armor. And now you kind of understand why Rifine might have been frantically wiping it off with his duster. Great. Hey, buddy, can I have some of that duster real quick? Uh, just a moment. And it's Rifon's turn. And he is going to attack with his sword. So he's going to make two attacks against this thing. Wow. Really? Fortunately, he's an expert at this and has a plus nine to hit. So he hits the thing twice. <laughs> he has a plus nine to hit and he rolled like shit. They are not the best hits with his greatsword. He'd be a little embarrassed, actually. All right. Well, he does a fair bit of damage to this one, despite the fact that they were the most inelegant of swings. And Bernie, it is your turn. You do hear your okay. armor sizzling. I know that's an attack of opportunity, isn't it? If I try to reach over and... If you move out of the range of the oily black substance in front of you, it will get an attack of opportunity. That's correct. Can Bernie use her cape to wipe some of the, like... He got to do it as a free action. Do I get to do it as a free action? He, he got to do it as a bonus action. You could also do uh, it as a bonus action. Okay. Well, 
Mm, okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try something. Sure. I'm going to use command on the giant blob of blue ice jello. Okay. It needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, it's super not good at that. Uh, Thank God. Yeah, that I believe would be a zero. <laughs> good. Woo. Good. So this is going to say... Before you go on, read me the specifications on command, please. Oh, no. You speak a one-word command to a creature you can see within range. The target must succeed on wisdom saving throw or follow the command on its next turn. The spell has no effect if the target is undead. If it doesn't understand your language or if it, the command is directly harmful to it. You cast this, you feel the spell take hold, and then you say whatever it is that you're about to say. Say, drop them! Nothing happens. Man, I tried! I did try! Mm -hmm. if, you, if you can hear me in there. <laughs> That's basically what they hear in there. Alright, so that was your action. Okay, she's gonna use her bonus action to start wiping some of this acid off of her. She's gonna need a new cloak after this, but it's cheaper than new armor. Yeah, you get the sense that if it, if it was left on there too long, uh, you'd have no armor left. Travancore, or no skin. You are just next to this giant cube of disgusting blob that ha seems to have eaten Shadow and Carlton. Oh, man. Um, Travancore is gonna move back about 10 feet to the right. Not straight back, but like two squares in front of uh, a rifle. Okay, so you're moving away from it? Yeah, I'm going to try to at least. Like, I'm I'm hoping that why, before I say it, I say shadow, or someone grab the rope. I'm hoping that Carlton still has the rope. Oh, it's tied around the both of you. So it's like you attached it, you tied it to your waist and he tied it to his waist. So you are still attached to Carlton. I want to see if by running that way, it, it pulls him out any further. Uh, you would need to go a lot further because the length of the rope was meant to get from the doorway down the stairs into the room and down the well. So he had left enough slack for you to do that. However, the rope is still attached. And you do know if you move in that way, this creature you, you think would get an attack of opportunity. Okay. All right. Because you are moving away from it. So with that information that you would you would know all of that. Sure, sure. Um, I want to get far away enough from it that it wouldn't swallow me up like the next turn or whatever, but I figure at least next time if it what I'm doing doesn't work, then I can at least like just jet and then take whatever damage I want to take and see if that'll pull both of them out of there. All right. It is going to form a pseudopod and try to whip out at you, uh, but it is slow and you are quick and it fails miserably. Okay. All right. I am going to Hunter's Market because, hey, we can't pass without a trace now. <laughs> I am going to charge my flare bow, and I'm hoping that Jonathan hurt this thing enough that I'm able to get it to convince it maybe to let my, my friends go. Okay. And we're going to launch an arrow. Ugh, 11. That hits? Oh, sweet. Okay. It is uh, a giant cube the size of a room. Fair. And it doesn't seem to move very fast. So Not you... a very dexy beast. No, not at all. 10 damage for piercing. Okay. Plus uh, one from the hunter's mark. Plus, ooh, six flaming. So that's going to be 17 total. All right. Yeah, your arrow sinks into the side of this thing, ignites, leaving a gaping hole as part of the arrow is consumed by the fire. And then also the fire kind of burns away a, a little pocket of this thing. It shudders in the damage and the back half of your arrow falls clattering to the ground as it is basically sheared off. Is there enough of a gap there that Shadow is now mobile? He has enough to bite this thing. No, you're it. It left a a small hole in there. 
It's not it's not a gaping wound. Nuts. All right. I think that's all I can do. All right. It is Shadow's turn. At the beginning of his turn, he is going to take uh, 21 acid damage. Oof. <laughs> yeah. And if he would like to try to escape from this thing, he would need to make a strength check. Strength check. All right. Well, good thing that's his... Uh... 15. He's successful. He plants all four of his feet and pushes himself out of this thing. And basically, as soon as he gets one paw out, he's able to kind of grip the ground and yank himself out. He spits up some of the this clear gelatinous material and you hear him. <laughs> but he does escape from the creature. All right, Shadow is going to run neck to my left. So basically, he's going to get out of, hopefully, the range of the cube and be right next to me. Okay. And because it attacked you before, it does not get another reaction. So it does do that. That was his action His action and his movement. Is there anything else he'd like to do? Uh, No, I think he's done. All right. Carlton, at the beginning of your turn, you take 21 acid damage as you are engulfed by this thing. Oof, that hurt. All right, uh, that does not make me happy at all. So bonus action rage. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to exit this thing. Give me a strength check. And now I, that I'm raging, I have advantage on that. 22. That's a good thing you had advantage. Yep, you pull yourself free. Also spitting and kind of pulling the, the goop out of your eyes. Yeah, I'm going to stay right there and protect my party. All right. Jonathan, you watch as two of your companions who were engulfed by this thing pull themselves free. Uh, you also see this black oily creature sloop up to Bernie and whack her, starting to hurt her and her armor. What would you like to do? Real bad. Well, uh, I can't sculpt around everybody, but I can fireball punch. And by punch, I mean launch a a uh, orb to be about... Uh, so if I put that right here, then it should get both the, this, the pudding right in front of Bernie and the cube. I just won't be able to get this one over here. Okay. Uh, let me roll dexterity saving throws for the black oily substance that you don't know what it is. It fails for the other big thing. Uh, that might succeed. 19, 14. I don't think saves actually. No. <laughs> okay, both of them nice. fail. All right, but stronger fireball this time. Uh, 34 damage. All right, yeah, both nice. of them are take the brunt of that damage and look singed. Parts of the, the clear cube that was in the room with the well have started to slough off and fall to the ground with those disgusting noises that Jello makes when it falls on stuff. Is that... Uh, but it is still there. <laughs> Okay. Anything else? That'll do it. Okay. I don't want to move and provoke an attack from that thing. It's Bucks' turn. Bucks is... Bucks doesn't really want to get enveloped or anything. Does so anybody? Bucks is going to come by anything or anybody. Bucks is going to swing around this way and continue to look out for for any other oozes coming out of the ceiling. Sure. Roll a perception check. Uh, that's 21. Doesn't see anything else. He takes a, a long, hard look around, including the ceiling. Doesn't notice anything else coming towards you. Uh, all right. Okay, Carlton, I need to make a dexterity saving throw. Is this uh, gelatinous mound is going to shimmy five feet forward and try to engulf you again? 
Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no. Oh, no. Again, advantage. I roll a seven. All right. Um, <sighs> you position yourself in the heroic place to guard your friends against this horrible thing. And just as you've, like, turned to the side a little bit to say, don't worry, guys. I got as it then engulfs you. Oh, no. You are going to take some damage. 3d6. That's what it is. There's a lot of reading when it comes to these things. Death by Jello. You're going to take uh, nine bludgeoning damage. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Nine acid damage. My bad. Damn it. Nine acid damage. Um, and you are engulfed. Uh, the black pudding next to Bernie, which you actually don't know what it is, but I'm just going to call it what it is is going to once again try to reach out with a disgusting pseudopod and attack Bernie. Uh, but it's only going to roll a seven. Ha ha, The bitch. one next to Rifon is going to hit Rifon uh, as it rolls a 19. Oof. You see him once again get hit with this pseudopod and take a lot of damage. Uh, not as much as you could, uh, but once again, his armor is starting to sizzle. He's going to once again take a bonus action to wipe it off incredibly quickly uh, because he likes his armor and he can get another coat. And then he is going to swing again with his great sword. Basically, I'm just making sure I don't roll a one because he's got a plus nine to hit and these things don't need nine. Uh, so he's going to do a bunch of damage. Yeah, he's a bit better this time about slashing into this thing and the gelatinous black tar on the ground in front of him uh, looks like it's it's almost got black blood rolling off of it, uh, seeping into the cracks on the ground. And Bernie, it's your turn. Bernie's going to cast Sacred Flame at this little asshole that's been trying to hit her with his jello. Sure. So that's a dex saving throw. Oh, okay. Dex saving throw. Probably going to no. fail. Yeah, it's a nine. No, that's not going to do it. So he's going to take 2d8 damage. Sure. And then who is the most hurted? That's eight points of damage. So. Shadow nice. is down to 10 points. Perfectly average. Shadow is down to 10 points. All right. Shadow gets the healing. Bernie is then going to use correctly for the very first time healing word. Yay! <laughs> And she's going to cast it as a second level spell. Okay, so 2 plus 2 plus 2d4. And then I get to calculate my own healing because because I healed him, plus I get to Plus the spellcasting modifier. Oh, yep. yeah. I do get to add the spellcasting modifier, do. which is my spellcasting modifier's wisdom, so it's a 5. So plus 9. Damn. Okay. Well, Shadow gets 13 points of damage back. So that's good. And then I get four points of damage back. Hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So Shadow's back up to what? 23. 20? All right. Uh, did you want to move at all? Or were you going to stay where you were? Without, I don't want that thing to get an opportunity attack. So I'm just going to stay here and trust that my compatriots will help. You could dance around for flanking. 
I could dance around for flanking. That is true. Can I do that without getting an oppor- attack of opportunity? Yeah, because you're not leaving his exactly. Okay, I'll move into flanking so that Jonathan yeah, you see can Carlton kill this in the in the jello go. Carlton, like, Carlton, you actually okay. can't see her at all. However, you do uh, sashay around. Uh, you rumba around for flanking. Rumba. Uh, Travancore, it's your turn. You see Carlton get engulfed by this thing again but shadow is now next to you and he does seem to be a lot better now that he's gotten some healing from bernie all right so travancore is going to charge the flare bow again and he's going to shoot an arrow into the sky this hunter's marked gelatinous cube show what it is i don't know you haven't really taken a chance to examine it yet so you don't know what it is it's true. how appropriate that we're fighting jello molds so close to thanksgiving 23 <laughs> almost like it was planned nice 23 is Definitely going to hit. Six piercing, plus two from the hunter's mark, plus six flaming. So nice. I'm no mathematician, but that should be 14 points of damage total. All right. Yeah, this thing looks super hurt. You see uh, more chunks of it falling off. The quivering that started when you hit it now continues even long after the arrow has fallen free. It's it's looking like it's having a hard time holding itself together. Is Shadow close enough to it to uh, to hit it or no? Like, is it for his reaction? Yeah, because it moved up to engulf Carlton. It, Shadow's within five feet of it. All right, we're going to go for a claw. 20. Now, yeah, well, yes, that hits. Is it a natural 20? It's not natural. Would, would, since I'm inside this thing, would... Flanking? Uh, no. <laughs> internal you are flanking. restrained. You can't do in- intestinal flanking, Carlton. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, you know it doesn't what? hurt to ask. If you weren't restrained, I'd say sure. But since you are, no. All right, that's going to do another... Ooh, nice. 10 damage. Ooh. Hey, I know this isn't the last enemy on the board, but describe in gory detail the death of this creature. Ooh. All right. So the fact that Carlton has been friendly to uh, to Shadow has not been lost on him. To see him like basically being eaten away by acid causes this bear such distress. And I can't do justice to uh, to Bernie's Shadow voice, but uh, I don't. Like, I don't what- want. I don't want Carlton to be eaten by this big thing of this Jello stuff. And I don't know what Jello is, but this seems bad. Carlton. I heard Master not, call him John. Carlton <laughs> is not a food. I must celebrate him at, wa- with, <laughs> at once. So Carlton, Carlton is, is food. not a food. I love it. Not food. Carlton <laughs> is like a bear. Like a bear. Yeah. So he, he dicks his paw back, right? And he's going to like try and sweep. And if he can't like take this thing down, he's determined to throw his whole self into him so he can at least grab like Carlton and try and pull him out or something with his back paws. And it's enough that he throws all of his being into him to take this cube down. And the whole thing like melts like jello. So it's a big puddle on the floor that goes whoosh. Like all down the feet of the feet, the feet of Carlton, who just all of a sudden is okay. Shadow's paws are sticky with, with jello. Yeah. Travancore's boots are sticky with jello. Everyone's sticky with jello. There's always room Ew. for jello. <laughs> yeah, Carlton is just covered in this sheen as he is left. Um, actually, Carlton, make a dexterity saving throw for me. Uh-oh. Twelve. Uh, I cannot dex save tonight. You fall to your knees. You don't go completely, like, embarrassingly prone, but you end up, like, on all fours on the ground as this thing... It's almost like a popped balloon. It just explodes, like Travancore says, and the sudden release of your restraining jello on you causes you to fall to the ground and 
yeah, you're free. Yay. And then that was Travancore's reaction for Shadow. It's now actually Shadow's turn. What would he like to do again? All right. Shadow, having defeated the evil cube of digestion, uh, sees that, uh, and, and being a flanking animal, like, sees his new police pal, like, uh, kind of sees himself as, like, a p- police animal of some kind. And he, and he sees his deputized duty to, to serve and protect. So he's going to serve and protect uh, Rifen by, uh, by flanking with this other Armist-type blob fellow. But he's actually not going to attack. He's going to dodge. And he, okay. It's his action. So that any attack will be a disadvantage. Because Shadow, he's doing a little bit better, but it should be enough that Rifen it has advantage of those attacks. He should be able to take this guy down. At least in Shadow's logic. So Shadow moves into flanking to help distract this thing. And he's doing antsy dance bear to try to keep out of its way. Carlton. Shadow's doing the potty dance. He's doing, <laughs> he's doing the, the, very, the very distracting intentionally potty dance. The, the gelatinous cube knows that the potty dance is one of the few cultural universals to exist in this world. <laughs> All right, Carlton, what, what would you like to do? I'm running up to that that black sludge between uh, Bernie and Jonathan. And since he's flanked, I'm going to pull out my halberd and I'm going to start slashing. Sure. Uh, 24 to hit. That hits. And that will do... All right, I can't reroll any of those. Do you need me to separate the types? Yes. It is three necrotic, 15 slashing. Okay. You slash into this thing, getting a really nice cut across it as it is completely distracted. And for the first time ever, you notice that it's the necrotic damage that seems to do any damage, while the slashing doesn't seem to do very much. Oh, I can kill this thing. Well, fuck me sideways with a chainsaw. That, that He knows what that is. His chainsaws don't exist. Chainsaws. Well, not that you know of. It's an expression to hear at once. <laughs> Bernie, like, Bernie basically, like, notices that Carlton's, like, necrotic damage is, like, killing it. And she goes, ooh, 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 pygmy, pygmy, I can kill it. I I can kill it. Okay, but I still got another swing. All right. Okay. Go ahead and swing again. Uh, 25 to hit. You definitely hit. Great weapon master. I can only reroll that if the, actually, it says any die. Does, all right, so I'm going to reroll that four. Okay. Uh, mm, hold on. No, I'm great, not, because I'm... Wait, wait, what does Great Weapon Master say? Or Great Weapon Fighter. Hold great on. Weapon Fighter. What is What does it actually say? That's what D&D Beyond is for. When you roll a one or two on a damage die for an attack you make with a melee weapon you're wielding with two hands, you can re-roll the die and must use the new roll, even if it's a one or a two. It must have the two-handed or versatile property. So it says... If it has the to damage okay. die. Here's here is where I'm gonna say it's only on the damage of the weapon because it specifically talks about it only works with a versatile or a two-handed weapon, which means if you were holding a different weapon, it wouldn't work as well. So I'm gonna say no to the necrotic, but yes. Well, I'm to not gonna the- re-roll it anyway, because I still have to keep a one or a two. And statistically speaking, I'm probably gonna roll a one or a two again on a D4. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what did you get? Too necrotic. I am super effective, guys. Yeah, you slash into this thing again, and it's it's the necrotic that kind of seeps out from your halberd. You see it almost burn away little bits of this this oily substance, but when you slash through it, it just kind of reforms around behind you. And then I kind of take the halberd and I point to Bernie, like you're up. When it's your turn. <laughs> but it's Jonathan's turn. What would you like to do? Is Jonathan's turn, and I am confident that uh, that Bernie has this. So I am going to. So if I shot at this other p- 
putting, I would not have advantage on it, right? The one that Rifon is? Right. Uh, not that I know of, no. But you've noticed that they're, in, they're pretty easy to hit. Okay, well, that said, I know I'm going to fuck this up, so I'm going to go with uh, a couple of shots of Scorching Ray on the other one. Okay. All right, does a 14 hit? Yes. All right, so... Yeah, and now that you're looking at it, even though Rifon had seemed to be like deeply slashing into this thing, and, and you you were kind of half paying attention, so you knew he was hitting really hard and and digging in deep. But now that you like focus on it to attack it, you notice it doesn't seem to be really hurt at all. Okay, so it gets nine times three damage for a total of twenty seven. Twenty seven, nice. Uh, yeah. Now it shudders and seems to take a, a lot of your damage. Excellent. All right, that's uh, that's my turn. I stay, and I continue my flanking with Bernie. Okay. And Bucks, I'm assuming, is going to continue to uh, stay out of the way? Yes, yes. Okay. It is their turn. The one uh, is going to continue to attack Bernie because no! they're dumb, and it's picked something to attack. So it's going to keep attacking. Nah. Does a 13 hit? No, it does not. Okay. The other one is going to hit Rifon because it continues to roll super duper well. Why 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 all the dice? Because it does a lot of damage. And Bernie's been lucky so far. Bernie's been lucky. Apparently 21 damage in one hit was lucky. Yeah. Actually, yes. Um, once again, Rifon is forced on his bonus action to wipe himself off. He's starting to look a bit hurt, but he seems to be made of fairly hardy stuff, so he's taking it. And he hasn't quite realized that his attacks don't seem to be doing jack shit. He's not a very bright man, is he? He's got an intelligence of 10. Wait, like, so when I attacked with the slashing, it... Well, you attacked with the slashing on the other one that he is his back to. Right, but when I attacked with that one, you said that's not doing jack shit, that he's not doing jack shit. You said my slashing doesn't look as effective. Yeah. Is my slashing not doing jack shit? Um, I'll let you roll a retroactive perception check. Oh, fuck <laughs> you didn't actually ask that question on your turn. I just, well, because you said it doesn't look as effective, which normally means like, it was resistant. Oh, is that what that means when I'm when I'm role playing well, right, stuff? All right, sorry, Miss Metagame, Mr. Metagame over here. Yeah, normally you say you not that, that effective when something was it taking full damage. Go ahead and roll me a retroactive perception check. Sixteen. Yeah, the sword, uh, the halberd part, the blade part doesn't seem to be doing jack shit. As I said the last time, it seems like when you slash through it, that it just reforms behind the blade, but the necrotic right. burns away at it a little bit. Can I do a retroactive free action? Depends on what it is. I drop my halberd and I crack my knuckles. All right, yeah. Because that would be a free... this thing to death. You know what I'll say? That would be a free action at the beginning of your turn anyway. As for Rifon, um, I had him roll an intelligence check. And he does seem to understand that this thing is not taking a lot of damage from his sword. So he will go ahead and he will pull out the light crossbow that he has which does mean he only gets to shoot once instead of attack twice, and he doesn't do nearly as much damage. So let's see what happens. But he'll hit, because this thing is super slow. Okay, the crossbow bolt seems to do a lot more damage. 
Um, and while it's not nowhere near what he was hoping with his greatsword, it's certainly a lot more than what he was doing before. And Bernie, it's your turn. Okay. Bernie is going to reach out and cast Inflict Wounds. Okay. At its normal level. Uh, 27 to hit. Oh, yeah. And that um, is... That's a, that's a melee attack, right? You have to reach out and touch it? Yeah, I touch it with my hand, though. Okay. Uh, you it's are... still a spell attack, though. Yep. Uh, you take four acid damage as your hand Great. comes in contact with this thing. And Bernie doesn't fucking care because she's pissed as hell. Fair enough. This is like anytime Bernie casts Inflict Wounds, she's a whole different... That's a different level. That's a different, like, this is a Bernie who is sticking her hand into acid and grabbing on and just, like, <laughs> like, all the, any, all the evil within her is used to make this necrotic damage. And it burns away as your damage basically melts it into a puddle of no longer attacking goo and it is dead. Okay, so as her, can she do some movement? Yeah, you haven't moved yet. She is going to walk up to the other thing, the other like uh, black uh, puddle, sludgy thing. Sure, and she's going to be like, "I got this, guys." That's her necrotic damage voice. Okay, Travancore, it's your turn. Noticing that these uh, piercings and stabbings and all these little things aren't really working on this pile of goo, he actually decides he's going to pull a little something different out of his playbook. Um, actually, in fairness to you, roll a perception check. Oh, okay. 10. Okay, I'll say because you've been shooting arrows that you would notice this. It, this doesn't seem like an amazing perception check, but it seems like it was just the slashing damage that seemed to be the problem. Slashing does not seem to work on this thing. Oh. Well. I don't know if that changes your thing, but you you would know that it, it seemed like Carlton slashing at it, Rifon slashing at it. That seemed to fail miserably. All right. I'm going to save my uh, my decluttering of trophies for, for another time then. All right. I'm going to move my hunter's mark to this guy. I am going to shoot an arrow at it. Sure. Will an, eight, will an 18 hit him? Absolutely. Fan-freaking-tastic. <laughs> I, I mean that. Most people know, are fantastic when they say fan-freaking-tastic, <laughs> but I mean it with most sincerity. God bless you. Nope, and I love it. That's going to be- I mean, with the most sincerity, God bless you. Goodbye. Yes. <laughs> and uh, good night. It's going to be five piercing plus uh, four from the Hunter's Mark, so nine total. Nice. It shudders as the arrow sinks into this. This thing doesn't have the rigidity that the cube you were fighting did. And while eventually it kind of pushes the arrow out of itself, it does seem to be taking that damage pretty hardcore. But it is still alive. All right, um, Shadow, at the risk of burning himself a little bit, um, he's going to actually take a swipe at this guy, too. And okay. he has an advantage, so let's see here. Uh, will the 12 hit him? As he touches this thing, acid damage. I like this bear, but I don't like it when he takes acid damage. No one likes taking acid damage. No one likes taking acid damage. No one likes the acid. No. So, oh, not bad at all. I'll take additional 10 points of damage. Uh, what kind of damage is that? Oh, so Claw is... Oh no, claw sounds like slashing. Hold please. Holding. Oh. Yeah, it it is it is slashing. Okay. Shadow swipes at this pudding. The pads of his claw 
that hit this thing burn as it comes away. And it seems to reform around the gouges that he left without a mark. Ah, should have bit him. Should have bit him. Okay, I'm done. She would have had acid burn away his tongue. I would have had to use my clerical magic to reform your bear's tongue. Yeah. It's amazing. It would have changed his voice. (laughs) Until she healed him. So that was your reaction. It is Shadow's turn. So he just watched as his his claw was ineffectual. Yeah, and I'm thinking he he's not going to be too eager to to put any part of his mouth on this guy. Like, Fair enough. I, I can't see him. So he's going to continue to dodge so that any tackle against Shadow will have disadvantage. And see Shadow. All right, Carlton, it's your turn. You see Shadow start to dance in that way right. that is distracting. Is it like a sexual... <laughs> Stupid sexy Shadow. Drop my hybrid that we said what I was doing. I am cracking my knuckles, and I'm uh, I'm still raging, and uh, I'm just going to go Rocky on this, that play I saw about that guy named Rocky who just punched things. Sure. I'm going to go all Rocky over this. Okay. Is that it? 19 hits, right? 19 hits. You take seven acid damage as your fist sinks into this thing. All right, and that'll be 10 bludgeoning. You named it Five Finger Face Slap. Oh, you haven't seen that before? Yeah. It's been a while since I used the Five Finger Face Slap. This feels satisfying in a way it's it's weird because you hit it and you watch as the ripples cascade around it like water but you you sense that it's taking your bludgeoning damage and and dealing with it but it is unhappy you're gonna punch it again yes all right you are gonna take two more acid damage as you come around with the left hook uh 18 to hit oh yes that's another 10 bludgeoning okay and then i have a bonus action uh, and I'm going to second win because everything hurts. How on earth, how on earth, like, in my head, the acid damage you're taking, like, the bear is bald at this point. <laughs> Just bits of it. All right, so I'm going to regain 11. The bear is bald, and your your knuckles, literally, that's what we see now. Your bones. We see your bones right now. Well, you did, and then I, like... Breathed in deeply, and you saw the skin reform over my knuckles as I got 11 points back. Nice Loganing there. <laughs> and Jonathan, it's your turn. That thing is going to earn itself some magic missiles. Okay. Here come some magic missiles. Oh, nice. Uh, that's um, 13 damage. So since this is the last creature, go ahead and describe in gory detail the death Ooh. of it. All right. What, whatever yeah. it is, as you still don't know what it is. So I've seen plays... Where, like the one that Travancore was referencing earlier with uh, Armus. And there was one episode of that play where these alien warships were just pounding on the main good guy ship. Although this is completely reversed because this is a bad guy and we're the good guys. But anyway, <laughs> they, he's just being pounded and slapped and everything. And Jonathan the Magic Muscular kind of runs up and actually throws projectiles into it. Pew, pew, pew. And, uh, and, and ends it as it just like, Aah! and just plops over dead. It doesn't make the screaming noise, but it does make that noise as it, like the the large cube in the room, it seems to just deflate and turn into a puddle of acidic blood as it seeps into the stonework and dies. And there's a moment in where you're all tending to your burn marks. And Rifon is just glaring at this thing and then looks over at Shadow and just gives him a little respectful nod and looks at all of you and says, well, that was not fun. 
No, those things suck. As Jonathan the Magimuscular clutches his pearl and regains a third level spell. What's our timing on the spider climb? Have you already cast that? I haven't cast it yet. Not to be that actually person, but what happened was you cast it so that Travancore could enter the room, and then he entered a large cube of craziness and you guys got attacked. How long does oh. spider climb last? An hour. So I probably should have been rolling concentration checks for you. Uh, let me Did you see take any damage? About... No. No. Okay. Then you, spider climb is still active. All right. How how long did it, Carlton? How long did it take you to go down the well to the hole last time? Uh, ten minutes, right? It didn't take I'm long. Gonna, I'm gonna rebuttal counter well. Actually, spider climb does not require concentration. Huh. All right. Well, hey, remember, it doesn't change anything. The 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 actually was that you cast it before the fight began. <laughs> Uh, Travancore and Carlton, I need you to roll perception checks, please. All right. Okay. 11. And Carlton? Eight. Okay. Yeah, it's... Travancore, you still feel spider climb active, and Carlton, you take another look in the room, and it, it seems to be clear. In fact, in a weird way, it seems to be a lot cleaner than the last time you were in there. I still have my halberd, like, like using it like a 10-foot pole, just like, eh. Uh, just kind okay. of poking the air cautiously. Sure. Yeah, as you enter the room and you kind of look around and you're using that that 10-foot pole, uh, you do not see anything else. It looks like all that's left in this room is uh, some of the rocks and bits of bed that's left over and chunks of this creature that you just destroyed. And you do hear the well in the middle of the room. At the moment, there seems to be a, a breeze that has lilacs on the wind coming out of the well. Wait. Ooh. Can it make a whooshing noise that goes, well, actually, <laughs> it actually can. <laughs> wow. Guys, hold on, guys. Well, I, I don't remember lilacs last time I was down here. Not about lilacs aren't about just don't worry about it, Carlton. It'll be I'm just fine. Saying something's different. Mommy's here. It's fine. Rifon speaks up at this point and says, the teleporters that we encountered, they cycle through many different areas the mad wizard that created most of these the the purpose was to bring in a variety of of creatures and unlucky souls and trap them in this place so you had mentioned i read in the report and you had mentioned that there was some different breezes coming out of it here. was between like desert heat and that's what i saw was desert and like salt sea air but it was always just those two that it went back and forth between never lilacs Okay. Right. Um, yeah, Rifon says, well, either way, whatever is coming out of this, we need to destroy it. All right. Time to do my thing. Wait, do we, th- do we have 10 minutes? What, what happens in 10 minutes? We just need to remember. I was going to do prayer of healing. We should all recite to, before we go on this dangerous quest, we should have Bernie recite a 10 minute prayer to Bay. Oh, it's okay. Uh, Travancore's the only one going on something dangerous at the moment. Travancore's. Well, no, you're only 11 points down. I'm only down. mildly burned, yeah, so... We'll do it when you get back. I'm kind of, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking while I go down, if someone wants to hold the rope, the rest of you guys take a short rest or something. I don't know how long it's going to take, but let me let me get this no. done. I want to get this done. All right. All right, I, like, the ro- I think the rope's still tied around the rope still the hasn't been burned or anything. I guess it's still intact, right? The rope's not, like, burned from the gelatinous cube or anything, is it? It's still intact and still can hold my weight and all that. Did you want to take a look at it? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's probably a good call. Give me a perception check. 24. 
Yeah, that cursory glance that you gave at it before when you were trying to decide, you know, hey, is everything still working? And do I still have a, a spider client? Yep. And that cursory glance. Oh, yeah, this thing's going to break in with the slightest of a pull. Oh, there's barely anything different. left on this un- frayed rope. Dishevel myself from it. Bernie's going to get her rope out of her adventure pack and uh, she's going to fix that problem. Yeah, okay. Carlton, when you go to remove it, basically you tug on it and the whole thing like falls into four pieces, like bits and pieces of it had been eaten away as the both of you were engulfed by this thing. And it's it's a mass of fibers. Not to be that guy. Be that guy. But it was acidic. Am I still wearing clothes? Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, the fibers on your um your clothes held up a little bit stronger, but okay, thank God, it's not quite that bad. I'm not evil. I'm just nasty. Yeah, can't wait for the modern slander that. Yeah, Miss, wait, you can be you can be obo, Miss Crazy, if you. Like, nasty. I just imagine like there's all these holes in it, and I throw my like shirt to um Sir Alistair, and like the hole, it just lands on him with his eye poking through the hole of the shirt. <laughs> Thanks, Mean Joe. Okay, Carlton is apparently Miss Tanks if you nasty. <laughs> All right, Bernie uses her rope to to reattach Travancore and Carlton. And what would you like to do? I'm gonna go in the well. Uh, right. Are you handing over your your magic items? Yeah, yeah. I'm still gonna. I'm gonna give you just the flare a flare bow. I don't think I have any other. A couple of magic items. The non magic. I'm gonna hold on to Mortimer. I'm gonna hold on to my short sword. Uh, just in case I run into any trouble, I'll throw there. him in the bag of holding. Cool, cool. All right, I'm going down the well with the uh, with the bomb, which I still have. I did have this whole time. Oh, I just think oh, the bomb still works. Actually, I don't know if the, the acid affected the bomb. I just have a rifle and take a look at that before I go down there. Oh uh, yeah, if you hand it on over, he'll take a close look at it. Yeah, I. You can see that there's a little bit of pitting on the outside of it, but it. It still seems to be whole, and he does a curious inspection of the the button on the top is rather large. It's not, and it's imprinted over the round bit of this bomb. Uh, so you you would press it in, and you get the impression that it would like click into the body of this thing. He grabs it, and instead of pressing it in, he rotates it counterclockwise, and you hear a click, and then he rotates it back, and you hear two clicks, and he goes. I think it I think it'll still work. I think it's still fine. It looks like it wasn't in there long enough to cause any permanent damage, but once you activate it, we'll know within 30 seconds. Exciting. All right, into the well. I go. Okay. And he reminds you that he needs you to put it 30 feet from the portal in order for it to be effective. And uh so you go down into the well. As you go down, you have dark vision, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, you can see the portal itself, and, and you were expecting this from Carlton's description of how far he went. It's about like 45 to 50 feet down the well. So you really don't have to go very far in order to place this thing within 30 feet of it. All right. I activate the device because once I'm within uh, 29 feet or 30 feet of it or wherever it will be, and then I just dart as fast as possible. I'm going to. St- double time spider super speed it like up as, as fast as I can go. Sure. You press it up against the wall and press in the button. You feel a very satis- satisfying click as the button depresses into the body of this thing and does not come back out. And that's really your only indication other than when you let go, it stays attached to the wall. You exit and yeah, definitely at your speed within 30 seconds 
all of you could be fairly far away from this well. And I'm assuming all of you would like to be more than 30 feet away. I know Rifon is. Yes, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. In fact, you guys all kind of re-exit the room so that you've got plenty of space. And 30 seconds after you've pressed in this button, you hear a weird high-pitched whine. Like a gear grinding, but it's it's much more high pitched. And then there's Might this... I give you some foley for that high pitched one? No, because editing that will <laughs> be a pain in the ass and a half. I I would normally <laughs> say yes, but oh god, let's not hurt our listeners' ears. Let us imagine a high-pitched wine, as I'm sure we all can. And then there is this bright flash of light that is bright enough that you actually almost see it light up the dust in the room as it extends out of the well. And a moment later, this shuddering and then silence. And Rifon kind of holds out his hand and waits another 30 seconds and kind of He's he's not really mom-handing you as much as he's just holding up his hand to let you guys know, don't go in just yet. He waits another 30 seconds, and then he walks up and looks over the edge of the, the portal and pulls out from his pack a torch, lights it, and drops it into the well and watches as it falls. And then after a few moments, nods and, and looks back at you and says, excellent, it seems like this has been destroyed. Yeah, let's do a high-fiving montage a la NASA control. No, let's like high-five and freeze in mid-five. Ooh, ooh, does, does Jonathan have a spell that can make that happen? What was that? Wait, can we catch hold person on someone while they're in mid-air and they'd stay in mid-air? Uh, no, it just forces them to lock up and they would take falling damage. Bernie wants to be like, Carlton, Carlton, high-five Jonathan, I've got an idea. <laughs> Okay, Jonathan, All high right. five. High five. Oh, I can't do that to you guys. That'd be so weird. Yeah, it'd be weird. I mean, you're about the prayer of healing us, so. I know, but I don't want to waste the spell slot being mean when we're in a place that has basically acid poop monsters that are trying to kill us. And Rifon says, hey, destroyed acid poop monsters that are trying to kill us. Am I right? And he holds up his hand to high five. I high five him. And I, I give him the back <laughs> five. He is happy to high five all of you. If we want to take a short, okay. So here's the thing. This is this is my math I'm doing in my head right now. Does everybody have all their hit dice? Yes. yes. Yep. So while I would love to prayer, does the bear get hit dice? He does. Yes. And I'll get back my second win on a short rest. So here's what I'm thinking. If we took a short rest and did our hit dice or some of our hit dice, certain people like Jonathan Metromuscular are fine. That way I could save a spell slot because I know you guys want to like continue on down. So. It's kind of up to you. Like, I'm fine to do prayer of healing, and I might even do it at a higher level, to tell you the truth. Uh, But I just, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, if I'm going to have a, like, thing in compound I can do to help you guys later on, it might be better to do some hit dice. Yeah, I mean, I'll get my second win back, so. I'm okay with hit dice. Yeah, same. And I can use that time to get back another fireball. Rifon speaks up at this point and says, you're going to head further down into these tunnels. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. It's kind of what we do. We People call us mean names about it, but we're pretty good at it. But let me guess. Fate changers, fortune hunters, adventurers, mercenaries, that kind of thing. Don't forget God Ponds. God Ponds. Don't God forget Ponds, God Ponds. Yep. God Ponds. I haven't heard that in a while. I haven't. I haven't. They still are saying that. You. Hmm. And Phil, yeah. go yeah. figure. Yeah. I used to. I used to do that kind of stuff. But, you know, when you're running around all over the countryside, 
trying to track down evil and look for loot and things like that. It's kind of hard to settle down. So I, I came back to Waterdeep to, to settle down with somebody. But I understand. I've got to head back to uh, report on in and let them know that this was this was safe. But if you wanted to take a moment and and heal and bind your wounds, I'm happy to keep watch at the door, make sure nothing interrupts us. That would be good. Bernie's like, I have some skin to regrow, and that bear's got some hair. Well, Shadow rolled all of his hit dice, so he's fine. Rifon looks down and says, well, to be honest, I need to bind a couple of my wounds. This this seemed like a fairly safe passage on in, but you never know what I'm going to hit on the way out. So, And he looks down, and he's pretty burnt, so. Everybody is back up to pretty much healthy. The bear has magically regrown his hair. Oh, yeah, he just sat there and went, and it just grew slowly. <laughs> Just thought the sinew, <laughs> really, the really sinew and back. flesh are back on Carlton's hands. Actually, Bertie hardcore considered just purposefully leaving the one middle finger as a bone, but she realized that could cause problems along down the line if she ever got osteoporosis. Wow. Um, oh, in a vain moment of panicked frenzy, Travancore realizes his time in the cube may have impacted his beard adversely. He pats his face to see how his beard was impacted by his brief time in the cube. Go ahead and roll a perception check. <laughs> and during that short rest, I gave Travancore his stuff back. Yep. Okay. Thanks. It wouldn't Just have so been, it's noted yeah, and said. It wouldn't have been gone long enough for him to break um, being uh, attuned to anything that was attuned, because it was like a minute, so it would have been fine. But it's good to know. Eight on the beard check. You pat it down and you feel it there. You need to look in a mirror to really be able to tell, but you get the sense while you haven't lost any beard, there might be some patches that are a little thinner than others. And you're probably going to need to do some, some sculpting to make sure that it's not uneven again. You may lose a little bit, but you haven't completely lost it. Travancore is going to find himself a barbershop in, in Waters Deep. That's his next adventure. Yeah, he went back to the old <laughs> accent. The old yep. got got to double down on that water deep. Haircut montage. <laughs> well, before you montage that Rifon, as as you guys take this short rest, he heals up a little bit. You exit the room, and he is going to say, "All right, well, I'll I'll report that this was successful. Thank you, all of you, for your help. This was a great service to Waterdeep. For the moment, all the creatures that were coming out of this thing were." confined to these tunnels but now that this is closed down we can be relatively sure that this area will will stay fairly clean but certainly if you run into any any more significant trouble on the way down do not hesitate to come back up and and ask for help this is dangerous i understand this work and i know i know you're looking for fun stuff or hoping to do good one of the two either way a little bit of column a a little bit of column b yeah that's the best way of going about it. Might as well do good and get paid for it, right? And no, should you need us, the Heralds of Greenest are here for you. That's good to know. Well, Jonathan, you'll be able to contact me on a regular basis as I work pretty closely, as you can tell, with the Amethyst Acropolis. So, but for now, I'm going to go report in there. I'm going to report into my superiors, and then I'm going to go home because I'm sure Omez is going to want to yell at me for going on this trip because he doesn't like it when I go off adventuring. But. Uh -oh. I've kind of missed doing it, so. 
Thank you don't you. want to piss off the husband. No. Do you have any visible acid stains? Oh, yeah. Like, he's bound his wounds and stuff, but, like, he took a ton of damage. Fortunately, he also, he's a, a fairly beefy dude. He was wearing some heavy armor, and he, when you take a moment to look at him, Bernie, you especially notice he seems to be an expert at binding his own wounds, and he doesn't seem to be talking a big game when he talks about having been an adventurer before. Like, He's, he's just rolling with all these punches. And I say to him, so friend, that coat looks like it's seen some better days. Well, I it's imagine- seen some, some oozes now. That's the sucky thing. Exactly. I imagine your husband, um, if you took a quick trip back to the city watch and got yourself a new coat and left this one here with our friend, um, your husband probably wouldn't notice all those bandages so soon. And wouldn't think you got into as much trouble as you did. Rifon laughs and says, look, I see what you're trying to do and I appreciate it, but I- Wait, I should roll a persuasion check. He can see what I'm trying to do. He can totally see what you're trying to do. And what he's going to say and the reason that you can't roll a persuasion check is he says, listen, I can't just give this code out, even damaged as it is to anybody who's not in the city watch. But- What if we rip off the patches? That's not we're gonna the point. Get Jonathan, the most beat up coat in the world. Look, I'm gonna just put a stop to this and say that's okay. I'm good, but I want it. I know you want it, but I'll tell you what. I'll make sure when I go to report on in that I find out the tailor. Then you can go to that tailor and you can get a coat that's like these that doesn't have the insignia and the patches on it designated being in the the city watch, and that's just fine. You could get one with. Heralds of greenest and embroidery and heraldry on it. We could. Ooh. This could be the start of a of a merchandising bonanza for our group. I feel like this is an untapped market. Travancore suddenly realizes our acronym is problematic. Heralds of greenest. Uh, hog. hog. Sorry, I can't spell anything tonight. It's only problematic <laughs> yeah, if you don't great. like pigs. Hog, hog is only problematic if you don't like pigs. One day I will take you to the the, the Nahutna Pork Center and you will realize that hog is not a bad acronym. It can be an extravaganza. Hogs. Do you know a tinkerer <laughs> that could make uh, facial wear with dark, smoky lenses that we can go with these cool dusters? No, not not offhand. Why? Because I think that would look really cool. And then like Jonathan could set off a delayed blast fireball behind us and we don't have to look at it <laughs> as we walk away. And Rykon looks super confused and says, why would you not look at an explosion? That's the coolest part about an explosion is seeing things explode. That does Right, but cool guys don't look at explosions. Well, then I'm not a cool guy because I always want to look at the explosions. I don't get to do that kind of thing. Anyway, you guys stay safe. Definitely check in when you get back up upstairs. You got, so- you got some people who would like to know that you're okay, including me. You got it, dude. All right. And he... Gives you a wave and heads on back the way you came. You are a cool guy! (laughs) As he walks away, he stops when he hears Travancore say that, and he gives you a thumbs up (laughs) behind his back. Yeah. (laughs) And as he walks back up into the safety of, of the upstairs, and you guys begin to head back down into more of the bowels, we will stop there. And next time... We'll see what you find deeper in the Undermountain under the Bloody Fist. But let me give you some experience first. Sweet. Oh, experience. Experience.
Asperance. Asperance. The Asperance. Okay. For the things that you killed, which I'm not going to say what they were, even though I know you know what they were because you don't know what they were, even though you know what they were. Even though we've said it like four times while we're like fighting They're them. jello poops, I'm gonna right? hit that black pudding thing. I mean, the, the jello monster. puddings. The we monster. fought jello pudding tonight. You pretty much fought jello pudding and and uh, jello without and the heartburn it brings. <laughs> and I guess you guys wouldn't really know what jello is, but I guess jello is now a thing in in Waterdeep. No, no, because no, why no, not? no. We could totally know what jello is because gelatin has been around for a really, really, really long time. Oh yeah, I mean they had to do something with those horses. So who, I mean, it could be called, like, Jell-O, but it could be, like, G-E-L-O. Jell-O. Um, <laughs> I want to take away experience for that It sounds like a less now. good gelato. Which, are gelatos a thing in, in Waterdeep or Neverwinter? We could have fought an aspect. An aspect is, 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 is broth that is made into a gelatin, and when you put it in your mouth, your body temperature melts it. Oh. It's basically meat jello. We did fight uh. an aspect. Ugh. That, the idea of meat jello has just creeped me out. And I like both <laughs> meat and jello. But those two things together, ugh, no, that's disgusting. Okay. Anyway, for destroying the three creatures that you did, for destroying the portal and managing to do it without losing any of your magic items, which there was a moment and why I thought that was going to happen <laughs> for the fun conversation about Rifon and his coat, because now, you know, we're going to get all sorts of fun character art of you guys. Yeah, we are in dusters, <laughs> dusters and uh, and smoky glasses while not looking at explosions that I may or may not have created. Cool guys. Jonathan's character just has like the finger gun behind him pointing at the explosion, like setting it off. Or he has a smoking finger gun. There we go. There you go. All right, you guys get a total of 5,810 experience to split between the four of you. Woo! And next time, you guys will continue your your dungeon crawl under the bloody fist now that you know that hopefully nothing's going to be crawling up behind you. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter. Welcome back to... Wait, where am I? What's this? Josh, we need you to record this promo clip, blah, blah, blah. You better do a good job or we are quitting your BS curse of straw nonsense. Well, uh, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but hey, everybody. I'm the current DM for Taking Initiative, a D&D 5e podcast. We're a bunch of goofs that love the game and wanted to share our play style at the table while still delivering a story you can enjoy and follow, even if you've never played the game before. We're Taking Initiative wherever you get your podcasts, or you can go to thespark.network for all other info. A cassette tape? Montage for promo. A cassette tape really? Kent, just the man I was looking for. I'm so clumsy today. (laughs) I'm going to tie the pants around his head so that he can't speak or see. It's our scene, Kent. It's our scene, Kent. Halflings in particular. Small, Mm. ugly children looking motherfuckers like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) They weren't exciting, but they were mine. They were my people. And now they're mine.